Hello, friends, and welcome back to the No Limits podcast. In an effort to talk about a wide range of topics that somehow weave their way into our waterfowling interests, we've got a bit of a different show today. My guest is a Christian musician, a composer, a very talented singer-songwriter, and of course, a duck hunter. He is a worship leader at Lincoln Hills Christian Church in Cordon, Indiana, and an all-around great guy. Uh, I found his music and really, really liked it right away. Uh, I found it very uplifting and thoughtful, as well as thought-provoking. We got into some topics in our discussion today that I myself have spent a lot of time thinking about and kind of processing from a ministry perspective, one of which is something that I personally feel that the church doesn't spend enough time talking about, and that is the masculine humanity and personality of Jesus, and really the result of that lack of transparency concerning the true nature of Christ, who he was and who he is, is why I think, I really do feel, that so many men have such a hard time connecting with Christ. We talk about his newfound interest in waterfowling, and what I what I found super interesting is how I love talking to new guys, and I love how what the new guys see and feel when introduced to the sport is so similar to the feelings we all felt when we got started and still feel today. It just never, ever changes. So, We get to hear one of his brand new songs, which I really, really enjoyed, and we just had a great conversation. So, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show, Mr. Ryan Linton. Yep, I can hear you fine. Yep, look good, dude. Another another Indiana boy. That's right. What part of Indiana are you from? Uh, Southern Indiana. So it is like. I mean, it's essentially in the middle of nowhere, but like, have you ever heard of like Louisville, Kentucky? Mm. Yeah, I think I've heard of Louisville, Kentucky. Okay. Uh, There's not necessarily a right or wrong way to say it, I guess. But anyway. Louisville. um, Louisville. Yeah. So anyway, I live about 45 minutes from there across the Ohio River into Indiana. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, pretty much been here my whole life, man. So we just had a... We just had another Indiana boy on uh, the podcast, TJ Unger. Do you, you, have you heard of TJ? Do you, have you heard of his show, The Virtue? On I have not. Now, I'm, I've watched Philip Vanderpool because I yeah. checked out his webpage last night and just seen mm-hmm. that he was on his team. And then uh, Clay, is that his name? Mm-hmm. Um, the mm-hmm. other dude, I've seen him like on Hunter Specialties as well. So, yeah. yeah. So, it was cool to see those guys. Solid, solid guys, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I really like, yeah, I really like Philip. And, uh, yeah, TJ yeah. has an amazing story. He and... 2017 he was almost killed in an accident mm-hmm. and uh everything in his lower body was just mangled and crushed two months later dudes in a walker shooting turkeys with a crossbow <laughs> wow <laughs> that's amazing that's determination <laughs> it, it, it was just and, and tj I'll tell you, it was just a total total god moment for yeah. him um it, it was an amazing an amazing podcast but um have you always lived in indiana like around the same parts or did you move around a bit yeah so um so i grew up um 
the the town that I'm actually in right now is a little bit town called Corden. Uh, and this is where I work at. This is where I pastor at. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is where I grew up at. But then I went to a city called Evansville, Indiana, which is kind of right out where, yep, Kentucky. It's in Vanderburgh County. That's it, man. You got it. So do you are you familiar with that area then? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You got like family that lives there? Or? No, man. I am in my regular nine to five. I'm a law enforcement consultant. And so um, I've been all through there. Mm, okay. All the, uh, what, 100 counties in Indiana? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, sweet. Been all through there, dude. All right, all right, okay. I know exactly where you are. So you've probably been right by my house then, probably. Um, yeah, man, that was me blowing the horn. Real, relative, yeah, they're relatively <laughs> close. So um, anyway, yeah, so I went to a ministry training program uh, called Master's Commission, which is just based off of Matthew 28, when Jesus gives the Great Commission just to go mm-hmm. into all the world and preach the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was two years of academics and just a ton of different like ministry um, that you just kind of like touch. And, and, and so you do that for two years and you kind of get a sense of what maybe you feel like God's calling you to do. Mm-hmm. And so I really felt strongly pretty much from the get go that it was going to be like just leading worship, you know, just, yeah. just for church and just music ministry in one way or another. Yeah. And, um, so yeah, so in my third year, um, I did like an internship underneath of our senior pastor who was also a worship leader, uh, for quite some time. And yeah, I got, got out of that and, um, worked at a church for a little bit and I just, Man, I, it was it was pretty much like a volunteer situation, and so I just um, I, I was having a really tough time. I was working construction. I have zero idea how to do construction. Still don't know. Like this guy was just being nice to me, right? <laughs> and so like, I'll pay you to go pick up nails, right? Yeah. So he was like he was like on the offering, like the elder team on, at our church, just kind of like the head usher, and uh, he was just kind of being nice to me more than anything. So. Anyway, that I, I was just like, I just, I just can't do this, you know. And I was just away from just pretty much anybody that I knew, hardly. And uh, so, anyway, uh, long story short, um, left there and lived over in Ohio just for a pinch, um, and then came back here uh, to Indiana. So now I've been back here since 2011, I think. Yeah, so it's been like eight years. Mm. Um, and then I came here and I started working at a church, um, real close to actually where my house is right now. And I was there for five and a half years and I met my wife there, um, as well. What church? Um, at is church. It? It's called Marengo Wesleyan Church was the name of the church. And, uh, so yeah, so I was there for the first four and a half years. No, sorry. Uh, yeah, something like that. Leading worship. Um, and then the last like year and a half, I actually was the worship guy and the youth guy and my wife was doing the children's ministry. So mm-hmm. it was super busy and, uh, right. uh, we were church about 150. And so, um, it just, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was a lot. <laughs> and yeah. so, um, yeah. So after that, um, uh, so, so we really just started praying and just kind of felt like God was just pulling us away from that and just to focus just solely on music. Um, and so we just through counsel and just prayer and just, just time with the Lord, like we really felt like that was like the right move and we didn't know like what we were moving into. Um, and we kind of said goodbye to some comfort and some financial Mm -hmm. comfort and just, um, kind of just knowing what was to be expected every week. You know what I mean? Um, and so we, we waved goodbye to that and I started waiting on tables at Cracker Barrel just full time. And, um, my wife was a school teacher, and so she continued to teach for that time. And uh, so, yeah, so we we came out of that and just just started seeking the Lord. And I just tried to write songs. And and like I was telling the other day, 
Um, I just wanted to record a CD. That's all I wanted to do. Uh, I had a youth pastor that he kind of had a similar situation where he was leading worship um, and doing youth ministry, and then he just wanted to step away from that, just record a CD, and just kind of see, like, maybe that would, like, open a door or something like that. And so and so he's currently leading worship in Virginia, and um, he, he loves it, man. Uh, but I just, I don't know. Like, he's kind of like my mentor and the one that I modeled my life after. And so I was like, well, he did that. I want to do that, too. So... Uh, so I recorded a CD, and um, in the meantime, um, actually had a the senior pastor from the church that I'm employed at right now. He approached me and uh, about coming on here, and he wanted to uh, wanted me to lead worship. And so, uh, and initially, I was like, no, like I don't, I'm, I don't, I don't, like I just needed some time just to um, just rest, and I'm not ready to take on like a full time worship leadership position. But we prayed about it. We really felt like it was it was right. And uh, so, yeah, so we're here, man. We're almost two years now here at Lincoln Hills Christian Church, and uh, we love it, dude. That's awesome. Now, you and your bride, Lacey, have been married for how long? We've been married just a little over four years, so we celebrated our fourth anniversary back in December. Newlyweds. Mm Mm-hmm. Still. Yeah, that's right, man. That's right. So we're loving it, dude. uh, We love being married. Yeah, I've been at this game for 26 years now. Yeah. And um, any advice to me? You know, you you guys are already you're starting out on the on the right foot. So you've already you, you've conquered you, you've climbed the hills that my wife and I had to climb when we were first married because I yeah. wasn't a believer. Mm. Um, and uh, the thing that I find is when your relationship is centered around anything other than Christ. Um the nature of that relationship is one person trying to fill a void or a hole or a need, um, waiting for the other one to fill that, that hole or that void or that need mm. that they're not equipped to fill. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, there's just, there are things that our Heavenly Father can do that we're not equipped um, mm-hmm. as men. And that's, that's, that is from... Um, leading our family to, uh, you know, leading our wives, leading our children. Um, And so when the nature of your relationship is counting on one person to fill the needs of another, it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Um, That's where where a lot of the struggle and and strife and uh, issues that we had very early on came from. Now, it, I am not going to sit here and tell you that, oh, yeah, I'm a believer now. Everything is fine. Every day is just like, you know, we're, it's, it's unicorns and rainbows. No, dude, we still have issues. Right. Um, but the bottom line is she is very – my wife, Leslie, is very comfortable in her relationship with Christ. I'm very comfortable in my relationship uh, with Christ. And so when we do have disagreements, um, they're just – they're brief things because right. we know that there's so much more um, that we have. That there's so much more that we that we are blessed with. That that one thing that we are um, arguing about or disagreeing about, you know, it's here one minute, it's gone the next. Yeah, and totally. so you guys figured that out a lot sooner than we did. Yeah. So yeah, no, I mean Praise you. God, I I should have asked you for advice because uh, <laughs> just well. just. It's just 26 years is just a number, dude. 
Yeah. 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 Well, really um, we just finished up a series here at church called Little Foxes, and it comes out of a Song of Solomon. And uh, I don't know, you're probably familiar with that scripture, mm-hmm. but just like the little things that can eat if our mar- at our marriage, you know, if they're left unchecked and they can turn into like really big problems. And so, um, and one of the things that really struck me was that like, like when you've, I should say, if, if you fight with your spouse, you've got to understand right. like you're not fighting with each other you're fighting for each other and i think that if you can understand that man like it totally changes the ball game mm-hmm. for you because it's like well like i'm on this person's team and like i want like the absolute best for them and so i'm gonna do whatever it takes like to make sure that like they come out better on the other side of this um mm-hmm. and if we can understand that man like and just like in our relationships in general like i love like um there's a scripture philippians chapter two this is like my favorite at least currently, it's like my my favorite scripture. But it says, um, two starting at verse three it says, "Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you not only look to his own interests, but also to the interest of others." And it says, "Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not account equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant and being born in the likeness of men." Um, and being found in, the, in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a, on a cross. And so like, like Jesus had every right, right. To, to be, to For be sure. like, Hey, I'm above, I'm above this. Like, For sure. you know what I mean? But he like humbled himself and emptied himself and made himself nothing. And I think that if we can approach our spouse and honestly, every single relationship like that, yeah, you know, yeah. like we're going to be so much better off, you know, right. because we're like out to make that person's life better, you know? Mm-hmm. And so um, yeah, that verse has just really been like rocking me. There, there's a lot going on <clears throat> in that verse. Number one, um, this is not like um, Jesus, Christ wasn't cheating when he was here. Um, so, in mm-hmm. other words, uh, well, yeah, you know, of course he can do this or he could do that. You know, he was God in the in the flesh. No, uh, that verse says he emptied himself. Right? Yeah. Um, he did that for a couple of reasons. Number one, because we we need to be able to have a relationship with him and relate with him Mm -hmm. um and so the only way that like if i have a if you have a um something that hey man you know uh, my gun's messing up or something you know how, how can you help me fix it well um you're asking me that because you you can you know that i can relate to that issue that you're having um the only way that we can relate um to Christ is because he and scripture even said he was he was tempted on all levels just like man. Yeah. So it's not like Einstein is dropping in to take the first grade test or anything. Um you know, he he experienced what we as men experienced um so that he is completely relational mm-hmm. to to what we're going through. Yeah. Um the other thing that that verse talks about really is 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 grace number one um the ability to hold others to a higher esteem than you hold yourself is is really that is to me that's one of the defining um components of grace yeah and so there there's a lot going on in that verse i i love uh I just I, I love Philip. I love just all the Pauline epistles uh, mm-hmm. because they're just so they just speak to you. My my favorite 
Um, so you should, I'm going to share you with you one of mine, right? Yeah. Um, and it's not Acts ten thirteen rise pillar rise Peter killing Um <laughs> although that is awesome. Yeah. Um, it's Galatians five seventeen. It says that you know the spirit is set against the flesh, the flesh is set against the, the spirit. They're opposed to one another to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. Mm-hmm. And for me, dude, I'm so glad that's in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so glad that's in there because first of all, he's speaking to the church. At Galatia, he's speaking to believers, right? Yeah. And what he's saying is, you are still indwelt with that that old nature. It's always going to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's always going to be opposition. It says they're opposed to one another. Um, and it says that the spirit is opposing the flesh. Mm-hmm. Well, what I know is that before I was saved, I had no issue with the things that I would say, the things that I would do. Um, there was no uh, there was no struggle because there was no spirit, and it's because mm-hmm. there was no salvation. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now and, and this is what I think a lot of a lot of believers get uh, get a little sideways on is they sense that opposition as guilt, you know, when I'm I still do and say stupid things. Mm-hmm. I still do, and and I always, I always, by no means are we perfect once we have that uh, that relationship with Christ. But the difference is when I do something or say something that is opposed to how I know I should be. You feel that opposition, right? And so before I really grabbed hold of that verse, I would look at it as guilt, and and really beat myself up on it. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what I realize is that that feeling of opposition is a good thing, because mm-hmm. if it weren't there, then that would mean that the spirit is absent, and that right. means that salvation is probably a long way off for me. Mm-hmm. Um, do I do I relish that? You know, do I look at no? It it's terrible. It sucks. Um, but I can repent of that change my mind of what i was doing and said you know that really doesn't uh that really doesn't display what i proclaim to believe yeah Um, and so that that feeling of opposition is actually a good thing because it's proof that the spirit is there opposing the flesh yeah well like think about like hebrews and it says like god disciplines those whom he loves you know and so yeah and when Jesus promised the Holy Spirit, he said that like he would convict the world concerning righteousness. And it's like, so it's like, I'm thankful that I have that voice saying like, Hey, we don't do that. You know, <laughs> like that's not right. who you are. It's just, remi- I think it's just reminding you of the truth of who you are and like just lovingly bringing you back into alignment, you know? And that's like, praise God for that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, there, that, that's what I wanted to ask you is one of the things that, um, I'm always looking to uncover as I speak, you know, I speak at a lot of different events, wild game dinners, that that mm-hmm. sort of thing, and I speak to a lot of. I, I think that duck hunting, waterfowl hunting, just lends itself to a really effective ministry. It's a really great witnessing tool and environment because there's a lot of times where you could just sit there and talk with guys when nothing's going on. Right? Mm-hmm. Can't do that in a deer stand. You'll get thrown out because you got to be quiet and you got to be don't talk. Don't move. Right. Don't blink. Right. You know, did you spray right. down? You cover sense it. Oh man, mm-hmm. give me a break. But totally. one of the things that I'm always looking to uncover 
uh, as speak at different functions, and that is why do so many men um, – it's really a rejection of the truth of Scripture and, and turn away. Um, what as you, as you go through ministry, so if you were to witness to somebody like me, what are some of the things that you get from guys that say, no, it's not for me? Because I, I have my idea of what it is, but I want to I wanna hear yours first. Yeah. Um, I think, like, if I just had to take a stab at it, like, I would think that a lot of guys view Christianity as, like, this very feminine thing. Yes. And, I, and I don't yes. mean that, like, yes. no, if there's I, any ladies that are going to listen, like, I like don't I don't want you to focus on the wrong part here. <laughs> but like Dude, I'm so glad to hear you say that. But the reality is and I, I think that if we're not like I th- okay, let me preface this. I think Jesus Christ was the and we were talking about this last week. I think Jesus was the epitome of what it means to be a man. Um because he surrendered himself to death. I can't think of anything like and not only surrendered himself to death, but like for the most noble cause ever in the history of the universe, right? Like to bring God and man back together. So, so with that being said, I think it's our duty to present like the real Jesus to men. Yeah. And I'm not saying that we're not currently experiencing the real Jesus, but I think it's on us to like kind of unfold that a little bit. And I think that like just, um, I don't know. I don't even know exactly the answer, but I th- I feel like sometimes like the Bible studies that we have and even like some of the worship songs that are out there, I feel like they just feel more romantic in nature. Whitewashed, um yeah. sanitary. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't know about that, but just like it it there's like a there's a softness to it. I don't know like mm-hmm. okay, let me let me preface it this way. Like I feel like like when are when are men like most alive as far as like learning stuff? I feel like they're most alive when they're out like doing stuff side by side and like they've got these challenges before them. And you know, it's not really a challenge for me to sit behind a desk like and and learn. Yes, like I have a short attention span and, and there is a challenge in that, but I'm talking about like a physical challenge. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that like um I don't know. Like, I, I think there's there's just something to that of just like this. I'm I'm not trying to be all macho, manly, whatever, because I think no, that, like, no, no. we have to be completely in touch with our emotions. I think there's just a well-roundedness um, that I think that a lot of men, they either are one way or the other. Like, they're maybe just super emotional and mm-hmm. you know dramatic and just... Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of like soft. <laughs> like I don't know how else to say that. I'm just I say that right. in love, but like, um, but then there's also other guys that are just on the far end of the spectrum, like where it's just like, you know, men don't cry. Like you're not in touch with your emotions, and just like, like I'm not even gonna raise my hand in worship because that's that's like woman like, and that's like that mm-hmm. cannot be further from the truth. I mean, look at David. He was a he was a warrior, and yeah. not a warrior, but a warrior, and he. Mm-hmm. Um, he went to the front lines and he and he like he, he and fought Goliath, but then he also like wrote these beautiful songs and, and psalms and like he laid his heart out before God and like lamented, you know. And so, um, so yeah, I mean, like I I don't know, I feel like he's a fantastic example too. So I think that there's just like I don't know, just just men are disengaged and and mm-hmm. disinterested disinterested in Jesus. I think maybe 
partly because of that, yeah. you know. So here's here's so here's what I uh, here's what I think, and it is um, from not just what I think, it's what I have experienced, and that is I think that there is a lack of understanding of the true personality and nature of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when a lot of guys, if if they don't know him the way you and I know him, um, they think of the stained glass, whitewashed, you know, Jesus, kind of this aloof guy that, you know, always spoke in riddles and in parables and he never laughed and he never, you know, right. never had emotion. Nothing could be further from the truth. Um, and who wants to connect with someone like that? You know what I mean? Because it's like, well, they don't. They yeah. wouldn't understand me and my right, problems. That, and <laughs> and so back to your verse in Philippians, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that that's what makes him so relational is or relatable is that no, he was he 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 wasn't just pretending to be man. Um, you can go through. Have you have you looked at or read um, any of John Eldridge? Uh, so like Wild at Heart or Beautiful Outlaw or anything like that. Yeah. So I've read a little bit of both of those books that you just just get, mm-hmm. you know mentioned um i'm a mm-hmm. terrible reader so like i'm i'm like yeah. so i'm like famous for like not finishing a book so right, right. <laughs> so yeah um but so yeah he, i'm definitely familiar he, with some of it here here's what he dives into especially in beautiful outlaw uh because what eldridge attempts to do and i think he does very well is uncover the personality of christ that real men can relate to Mm-hmm. So if you look at, I'll give you an example um, or a couple of examples. So in towards the end of John, where he's the Gospel of John, where he tells the disciples, you know, um, meet me at the Sea of Galilee, right? And so mm-hmm. they're there waiting all night, and Peter says, you know what, I'm going fishing. So they just typical guys, they go fishing, right? They fish all night. Um, Jesus hadn't shown up yet, and they fish all night, catch nothing, mm-hmm. and morning. Uh, and I just think of sitting in a boat like there's no tide, there's no wind, it's hot. You know, you're just sitting there and rocking back and forth. And um, this guy walks up the beach, and Scripture makes it a point to say he kept his identity hidden. Mm-hmm. He kept his identity hidden. And just like a tourist walking up the beach, he yells out, you know, you catching anything? And they said, no, we, we fished all night. And I'm paraphrasing. We fished all night and we've caught nothing. And Jesus said, well, try on the other side of the boat. And they do. And all of a sudden, the nets are full, and then they realize who it is, right? Mm -hmm. And then they're hooked all over again. Yeah. And so was was Jesus playing a little joke on them? You know, hiding himself from them? Kind of, you know, keeping himself hidden? And and then it says that they, they pull the nets up on the shore, and of course, all fishermen they they said that you know there was like three hundred and seventy five biggins, right? total yeah. guy thing, right? Right, right. Um, and so what Jesus doesn't do is he doesn't say now open your Bibles up to you know this or let's go to the temple and have a Bible study or no he has a cookout on the beach with his boys, mm-hmm. and I just think man that's that's the kind of guy I can relate to. Mm-hmm. That makes him. For me as an outdoorsman, I'm just like, man, that's 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 exactly the kind of guy that I can relate to. And I feel like if we can 
strip away a lot of the religious, and I'll tell you what I mean when I say that in a second, but um, a lot of the religious, clean, whitewashed, Jesus was this feminine guy that really, you know, kept everybody at arm's length. If we can get rid of that when we talk to, like, guys that you and I hunt with, man, I think we can be so much more effective. And if the church would just do that, um, like you're talking about in their, in their worship or in their men's studies, or um, that beautiful outlaw has a, has a study series, and it goes through seven or eight times where it talks about, look at the road to when Jesus was on the road to Emmaus and the two guys are walking, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like, hey, guys, what are you talking about? Again, keeps himself hidden. And they say, you know, are you the only Jew in Jerusalem who has no idea what's going on? He's like, what thing? Do you, are you, have you lived under a rock? Are you the mm-hmm. only guy that doesn't know what's going on? Mm-hmm. Um, and so they still don't know who it is. And Jesus proclaims to say, well, you know, he told you he was going to rise again. Mm-hmm. You know, this isn't, this shouldn't be anything that's foreign to you guys. You knew this was going to happen. And they invite him in to, they say, you know, please stay with it. And he's like, uh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And when he breaks bread and gives thanks, then they know who it is. Mm-hmm. And then he's gone. Yeah. He, he plays this cat and mouse games. The way he did it with the Pharisees, I think, is just brilliant. Mm-hmm. I just, I love that. You want to talk about a man who wasn't afraid to pick a fight? I think of William Wallace and Braveheart. Yeah. When they said, where are you going? I'm going to pick a fight. Mm-hmm. Jesus was the, he defined picking a fight at mm-hmm. just the right time, always said just the right thing. And I don't think that guys really understand that that's who we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's well, my I think, feeling on it. Totally, yeah. And I think that like, how you, like obviously like Jesus didn't just like go out cause trouble just to cause trouble but like he knew mm-hmm. that he knew the target you know what i mean and like or the goal and when the goal was being threatened which was like for example when he was turning tables over like in the temple he said my yeah. father's house will be called a house of prayer you know yeah. um like he was protecting like the holiness and the righteousness of that you know and so i think that like if we can get men to understand like how grave and serious like the cause is and like to really mm-hmm. like to just in a sense, like pledge their allegiance to like this God that like, man, I'm going to like maintain the faith no matter what it takes, you know? And like, if I see that, like being even compromised around me, like I'm going to speak up, I'm going to say something. I'm not just going to, I think that like a lot of men, like our problem is not so much like we're going to like go out and like just cause all these problems, like, and just, I don't know, whatever that may be. It's Mm -hmm. a lot of it's passivity. And like yeah. just letting life go by, and man, there's so much danger in that because dude, that was me. Yeah, totally, totally, absolutely. Like, um, you know, I think I think it's just if we have a rough day at work, like, or you know, we're just exhausted just from the day. Like, how many how many times have we just came home and we just wanted to just sit on the couch, chill, yeah. and just like do nothing, and just maybe there's needs that need to be met at home. Maybe there's things that need to be done, stuff that our wife has asked us to do, stuff that our kids. Need, need us to be available for um and but we're just unengaged you know mm-hmm. and um man there's danger in that you know because yeah. like just like if we're a warrior at work man we have to be at that and so much more at home you know and just like in our faith you know and so yeah um yeah. so yeah um totally man like i think i think guys need to know the target you know <laughs> like and I, yeah I, you I, need to i think here's the thing that they don't understand too is that whether you know it or not, you are at war. Yeah. 
you're in you you may not know it you may not think that you are but just because you don't think that you are doesn't change the truth that you are mm-hmm. your family is under attack every single day and i'm talking to guys who don't believe right now so there's going to be guys that listen to this podcast um that maybe they're not sure what they believe maybe they don't believe at all but whether you it doesn't the fact that you don't believe it doesn't change the fact that it's true right okay um your family the 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 your your wife or your kids or your you know your mom and dad if you're not married brothers sisters whatever we are engaged in spiritual warfare and so i think there's also this reluctance to admit that we have an enemy Mm -hmm. also yeah uh, because that hmm, that doesn't um that doesn't put butts in seats a lot of times in a lot of churches. So to talk about, you know, pick up your cross daily and follow me, yeah, I don't know. We might run some people off with that. Mm -hmm. Well, it's it's not about – so I think there's a a lack of understanding that you are in a spiritual war, whether you are engaged at that point or not. Mm -hmm. Um, And so if that is the case, um, passivity – is what being passive and letting if somebody broke into your house and was threatened to harm your wife or your kids you as a man would stand up and defend them this is no different mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. just that we we don't wrestle with flesh and blood right right, right well now. and i think that like to not to, to acknowledge that you have an enemy like it asks something of you at that point you know what i mean like you then you're like oh i'm in a war you know and i can't mm-hmm. just sit passively then so you know know. now you know you know what I mean what are you going to do with the knowledge that you have and so I think yeah that reluctance to acknowledge that you have an enemy or even maybe you do know it but you just aren't really you know aware of that every day you know yeah um like you man you get you got to be sober every day like just to like the war that's going on and that's that's what Peter says right you know he says be be sober because your enemy prowls like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour and so um I'm not saying right. that like, we just got to like be stressed out all the time. <laughs> no, no, no. But, but no, what but I am saying is like, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. So here's the other thing that Peter said, and that is, and I think this is the other side of the coin that we're talking about. The other thing that Peter said is be prepared to give an answer for the hope that lies within you. Yeah. And I think even so if guys do say, yeah, okay, well, I, I believe that. And the problem is very few people – and I'm talking about professing Christians, actually open the book and read it. Yeah. And very few can, like you said, defend their faith, which is Mm -hmm. today, look, people say, you know, the gospel doesn't need defending, it needs promoting. Yeah, well, when you promote it, you're going to have to defend it. Understand that. For sure. Um, And I think that uh, the other issue that really just tweaks me are people who, like I said, are self-proclaimed Christians who can't give an answer for the hope that lies within us, for it's in First Peter three. Mm-hmm. You know, check it out. Do you do you know why you believe what you believe, mm-hmm. um, or do you just believe what the pastor is going to feed you every Sunday and then yep. you go back on? Like, there's no independent. I'm not saying no, but there's not enough independent study. Look, if you're in a, if you are, and we just agreed, you're you're in spiritual warfare. Do you know how to use the the weapons and the armor that God has given you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah, no, I, I like that word independence because, yeah. um, you know, and especially being a pastor, um, I think a lot of times with 
um, people's families, they expect the youth pastor to like fix their kids or like, I shouldn't say fix their kids, but like to shepherd, (laughs) to primary, to be primarily the shepherd of their kids or the children's minister, for example, or, you know, you name it. But like, really like that, if we're being honest with ourselves and what scripture, what our, what scripture teaches, like it's the family, man. Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's the man leading the household. It's like, there's this sweet unity that's just in the family. And like the primary spiritual nourishment for your, your family, for your children is coming from you. And that when you gather together with believers and you send your kid off to the youth pastor or the children's pastor, or even like at worship on Sunday morning, like in big church, like that is just simply an overflow of what you should be experiencing all week. And I say that That's a love. reinforcement of what you should be getting right, at home. Right, right. It shouldn't be like this injection in the, the arm to get me, in the, get me through the week until next weekend. Like, oh, my God. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I know exactly it, what you mean. It's, it's simply an overflow. And so, and I think so many people, um, and, and I mean, I'm, I've been there too. Like, I'm guilty of it too at times. Like, where it's just like, totally. you check that box, man. Like, and... Um, your, your spirituality, your faith is just almost just like a component of, of you as opposed to the essence of who you are. And yeah. so... Um, does it define you or does it just give you something to do on Sunday? Right, right. Totally, totally, you know. And, so. and you touched on it. The And this so this is what God really used to draw me to him was my wife was, was going through First Peter 3. So, you know, wives, if your husbands don't obey the word, they may be one without a word when they observe your good and just conduct. That's what it yeah. says. I heard that um, on my way to the refrigerator to get probably my seventh or eighth beer that night. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was a dirty story, too. Um, mm-hmm. But um, what what God laid on me at that point is, look, I called, I created and called you to be the spiritual leader of this house, home, and family, and you really suck at it. Yeah. <laughs> right. um, and, and so guys that, you know, are married, you are the spiritual leader of your families. First, that's the foundation. Mm-hmm. Regardless of what you believe, you are the spiritual leaders of your families. And so the real question is, where are you leading them? Mm-hmm. Because you're leading them someplace right now. You're right. either going right or you're yeah. going wrong. Mm-hmm. There's no standing still because if you're not taking them towards Christ, the enemy is taking them the other way. Mm-hmm. There's no net zero. Well, we're just kind of waiting to see what's going. No, no, no. You're you're being pulled one way or the other. Yeah. And the enemy is very subtle. Okay. He's not going to make it this big painful thing. That's why, you know, I guess just sin is so fun because it's not painful. You know, it's, it, you know, it's fun. Well, mm-hmm. of course it's fun. That's, that's why the enemy designed it the way he did. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, without getting into like crazy theology that's going to make someone, you know, shut down, um, if you're married and if you have kids, you are leading them one way or the other. And you just need to decide which way is that, right. which way am I, which way am I, sh- and are you okay with that? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. it's not the pastor's job; mm-hmm. it's your job, right? Totally. Period. Full stop. Yeah, and we've got to understand that, man. As men, we have to understand that. And I love that, like you're leading them one way or the other. Like, mm-hmm. which which way is it? You know, I've never really thought about it that way. Um, because yeah, I think we're not I, just sitting on a bubble waiting to for something, right? You're going one way or the other. God has given so much influence to men, I think. Um, And, you know, there's even statistics out there for that, that if 
um, and I, and I don't have them in front of me, but it's like, if, if the husband, if, 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 if one person is serving Christ in the marriage and the other one isn't, if it is the husband who's serving Christ, the likelihood of him bringing his wife to the faith is the, the percentage is so much greater than the inverse. And right. so, um, and I think that's just the way that God has just like made us. Like we have just so much, just, mm-hmm. just, um, influence just in our homes, you know? And like, that's yeah. a, that's, that can be a really good thing, you know, like if we're using it, you know, to lead our families, you know, um, down the path of just, you know, just yeah. righteousness, you know, and in faith. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's great, man. I love that. What, what do you say? Because one of the things that I really just detest is the whole charismatic movement. Um, that says, hey, you know, come to our church and pray to God, and you can have all the health, wealth, and prosperity, all the treasures now uh, that you want. You know, we're living in God's kingdom now here on Mm -hmm. earth, and, oh, man. You know some of the guys I'm talking about Mm -hmm. on TV, right? Yeah. Um, It's poison. It's absolute poison. Mm. I'd love to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, so... um I think for me, um, it comes down to defining, I think particularly like, cause I think there's, there's charismatic, there's the charismatic like church or, or, or circle or whatever, but then there's like sub circles within that. Um, and so I think it comes down to, I think it comes down to what you're talking about when you say that. So, um, so what you're talking about, prosperity gospel, like, Hey, like you give so much, you're going to have so much financial blessing in your life. It's just going to be insane. Like things like that, I think is just like, a, like you said, poison and a lie. And it, it takes mm-hmm. people farther away from Jesus and the truth. Yeah. Um, and if you don't have it, because then Jesus God is even not said like, you. that's what they'll say. Yeah. Cause Jesus said, you know, the son of man has no place to lay his head, you know? So it's like, okay, yeah. so the one that I'm following didn't even have a house. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> you know, like, I, so box. I'm not gonna, you know, so I'm not gonna like buy into that because I don't think God promised that anything like that in this life. I think that he promised he'd take care of us. I believe that that's a promise in scripture. Like he's our provider mm-hmm. and he's our father. But mm-hmm. as far as like being rich, as far as like never having any health issues, um, man, it's it's just it's nowhere are we promised that we live in a broken world, you know. Um, Roger that. And so, like, that's just that's just part of it. Now, as far as like the charismatic church, as far as um, gifts of the spirit that are laid out in scripture, no, 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 that no, are no. like I totally believe in that, and I get yeah. we're probably talking about two different things yeah, at that point. Totally are. Um, but yeah, going back to like prosperity gospel, like drink this water and you're going to be healed. <laughs> like, so we were just on vacation and I seen a commercial for that and I was like, oh my gosh, I've never even seen oh, it. Man. I thought this was just a joke, but like this is, people really believe this. You I know? saw the same commercial, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just insane. And people believe it. Yep. That's the thing, dude, is they mm-hmm. believe it. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, what intellectually, I, it's because they don't, that's, it goes back to, they don't read the book. Um. Yep. But I mean, here's the here here's the thing. If um, you read Ephesians, it says we're we're recipients of all spiritual blessings. Mm-hmm. Um, I am I am the most wealthy person in the world because I know where my eternity is. Uh, I may have to str- I may struggle financially. What did Jesus say? Look, you follow me. They're going to persecute you. They're going to look what they did to me. And so if you think that following me, and I think that that's kind of full circle goes back um, 
around to uh, what some guy what the messages that some guys reject, and they think that that defines Christianity. It doesn't. It doesn't. Because what is really pleasing to God is people that turn to Him. Jesus said it's the Father's will that none should perish. And mm-hmm. so all through the Old Testament, you see this frustration that God has with the Israel when they constantly go back to religious rituals and idols and traditions, and rather than um, having a relationship with, I think it's, um, I think it's in the first chapter of Isaiah when he says, you know, come, let us reason together. Mm-hmm. Um, and and right after that, he says, uh, or right before that, no, right before that, he says, uh, I'm tired of all your religious efforts. I mean, your hearts are far from me. Yeah. And that's really what he's after. In my story, religion was the enemy because I was relying on what I could do to impress God other than just having complete and total faith in what Christ accomplished on the cross. It's very, mm-hmm. very simple. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, that's... I want to get back to music, though. <laughs> if that's cool. Yeah, this is great. Because, yeah, um, absolutely. What, how and when did music become such a big part of your your life? Was it always that way? or No. So, um, yeah, so probably, so I became a Christian in high school, um, and that was in my, I believe, my sophomore year, yeah. So, um, which I, I hate it because I can't exactly remember, but I just know it was winter time. That's all I remember. But anyway, um, so I got a bass guitar, and I still have that guitar even now. Um, I got that in junior high, and I was just really into like just hard rock at that point. Like <laughs> that's like that's I still am. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, and so I've changed a little bit in taste. However, uh, that's what I was into at the moment, and so. Um, Man, I learned like four notes on my bass guitar. Hey, dude, there ain't nothing wrong with blaring some Metallica going to the duck blind. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Yeah, sweet. Um, So so anyway, um, yeah, so I kind of tinkered around on that, but then just was just not interested. Uh, But then when I came to faith in high school, um, it was just like somebody just threw a match, like, you know, and like just sparked a fire. And so I just immediately started playing, um, got back into it. Um, and then my youth pastor, who I was telling you kind of here at the beginning of the, of the podcast, um, he just was just very, very instrumental. Uh, and there's a pun right there. I didn't even realize it, but he was very mm-hmm. instrumental. Very and, nice. Uh, I see what yeah, you did there. Yeah. And, uh, getting, just getting me started on that and just kind of, um, just showing me some chords and just let me play like in the band, just at church and just, um, turning and you just, way down so that you didn't screw up the song or anything. Yeah. 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 I, well, I've definitely, I definitely had a moment like that after church where I was just playing like guitar really loud, but I didn't realize how loud it was. And people were trying to like talk like after service and stuff. And yeah. like my senior pastor, like turned around and was like, what's going on? You know? So, uh, so I've had a few moments like that, but anyway, well, I, I was a drummer, so it was the same. Oh, thing. nice. Yeah. Nice. I didn't know that. Oh yeah, yeah. That's super cool, dude. Um, but anyway, yeah, so that's that's kind of how the journey actually started, which I'm so thankful for because I feel like if I, music's powerful, right? And so mm-hmm. I feel like if I would have started really getting deep into that, I don't know if I would have had the same like receptivity to the Lord um, because I may have just been so entrenched in like, no, I want to play music like this. I don't want to give this music up or whatever. So I just really feel like he didn't even like really unleash that or whatever or kind of give that to me until... Um, I came to know him. And okay, I, I want to stop you right kingdom. there because yeah. you just said something that is super, super important, and I don't want to let it slip by. 
Sure. You just said, I don't want to have to give that up to follow the Lord, right? Yeah. Yeah. You there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. So you just said something super important, and that is you said, I don't want to have to give that up to follow the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of it. Dude, I think you just uncovered the biggest nugget of what keeps guys away is I like who I am. You know, I don't want to give up uh, whatever it is. Look, you you don't have – and I think a lot of guys think they have to get cleaned up before Mm -hmm. they approach uh, Christ, and that is completely anti, you know, come to me, all you who are weak and burdened. He doesn't say Mm -hmm. get your act together and then come see me afterwards. He will mold you and change you into exactly what he wants you to be. Right. So when you just said that, you know, your music, you like the style of music, and I really don't want to have to give that up to follow him. I just before that I let that slip, I think that's a big, huge And let me let me clarify, like I there's obviously we're called to be in this world, but not of it. I think there's things that like mm. you're going to have to let go to follow Jesus. I firmly believe that you don't have to let music go. You don't even have to let, I don't think hard rock music go, but it's mm-hmm. like, you know, you just have to weigh everything up against like what Philippians four says, like whatever's true, whatever's holy, whatever's noble, like whatever's pure, like dwell on those things. And so, right. um, so yeah, so I think God is saying like, well, that thing that you like to do, you know, as long as it's not sin, that thing that mm-hmm. you like to do, mm-hmm. well, do it for me. You know, like there's an invitation there. I don't think it's, I don't think it's a barrier. I think it's an invitation. And right so, on. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. So I just started playing like just in the youth band at church and, um, yeah. And then he just started letting me lead songs too, just like on Wednesday nights. And, yeah. um, I just, I just really felt like I want to do this the rest of my life, you know, in one way or the other, like I want music to just to be a part of me, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. um, and so I, yeah, I mean, I firmly believe that like that's, what I'm called to do the rest of my life primarily. What, uh, so we touched on it. What are some of your biggest musical influences? Yeah. So, um, man, there's, there's so many good ones. So there's a guy that I really like. Um, so he's based in Nashville, Tennessee, and his name's Andrew Peterson. And he does such a, I don't know if you've ever like listened to any of his songs, but he's actually got, um, Hmm. so I'm sure, you know, Chris Tomlin. So Mm -hmm. Chris Tomlin's latest album, there's a, there's like a, a deep track on there called is he worthy and it's just it's actually pretty popular right now i'm wanting to say it's even on the radio i'm not exactly sure but mm-hmm. but andrew wrote that song and oh, okay. um and so he's just he does such a great job of just like articulating the gospel and such like oh his writing is just phenomenal like it's just so rich mm-hmm. and just really like i feel like when it comes to music and over the last few years i've really just appreciated like the lyrical value um even sometimes more than like a good melody or just like, Hey, that's catchy. And just something I can dance to or whatever. Right. Right. Um, I feel like with Andrew, um, and several other artists, um, there's some songs that I'm just like, I hear them and I'm like, that's nice. But then there's some songs where it's like, I feel like I can, I'm sitting down to like a full course meal and like, Mm. there's just so much that I can take in and like Mm. songs that I can listen to over and over. And like, I Mm -hmm. feel like I just keep getting something from it, you know? Um, and I feel like Andrew does that so well. And there's another, it's a lot like scripture. It gives you what you need when you absolutely, need it. It gives absolutely. you something different every time. You know? you're and, and I think that's to them just being obedient, like in their walk with God. And then God is yeah. just like, and I'm not saying that like other songs that don't resonate with me, that those people aren't walking with God. I, I I'm not, I'm, that's not what I'm saying. But, um, 
But yeah, mm-hmm. they're just they're just walking in like what God has graced them and gifted them to do. And I think that like it's making an impact on people, you know. Mm-hmm. And so me being an example. So another guy his name's Jason Gray, and um, there's probably no writer out there um, as far as just relating to like the human condition of just brokenness that like I think in my opinion, says it better than Jason Gray. And so um, mm. he, he actually put a post on Instagram not too long ago about just a guy that he wrote with. And he said, um, he said, when I write with this guy, he said, I feel like we're able to write a song that is somehow able to step inside of your heart and like make you feel loved. And like, I love, I just love, like he's, he's so good at just like words like that. Just, just saying stuff like that just sticks with you. But, um, but it's so true, man. Like he, like there's once again, full course meal. I feel like I'm sitting down, you know, and, I, and then I can go to the fridge and get leftovers, you know, <laughs> like that's how it, that's how it feels, you know? So yeah. it's definitely like, those are definitely like two of the, um, you know, for sure, like influences on me, you know? Yeah. I hear, um, like, especially when I hear songs, like one of your songs, Walk Through the Fire, which is mm-hmm. one of my favorites. Cool. Thanks, I hear man. a lot of Jeremy Camp in there. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just I, I, I really. Uh, he's got a really cool story too. I mean, yeah, he does, man. So powerful. Um, but I hear that you know, outside of uh, outside of Christian music, what other kind of genres do you do you gel with? Yeah, um, golly, dude. Honestly, like I think outside of like Christian music, like I'm really trying to think here. Honestly, like I just I don't listen to a ton. Yeah, and I'm, I'm I know I don't want to sound like super no, like no, no. uptight or no. religious. I just I just like I think for me like I especially like I'm focusing more on the songwriting aspect than anything mm-hmm. now, like the lyrical part of it. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, well. I'm not gonna, I don't really, I don't feel like the world has much to offer for me, you know, like with, right. with that, you know? And so, yeah. um, and, and there's still great no, songs cool. I'm out kind there. Of the that, same like, way. Yeah. There's still great songs out there. And, but honestly, like when it comes to just like other music, I love just to have just like, if I'm like at home just doing something or if I'm like here at work, just, just putting stuff together or whatever. Um, I love just to turn on just like instrumental, like acoustic music, you know, like yeah. that's and just yeah. kind of ambient stuff, you know? So, yeah. 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 um, I, I really love that. I um, I'm a big blues guy. Yeah, I love uh, nice. like Chris Thomas King and Muddy Waters and BB King, and yeah. there, there's a reason for that. Mm-hmm. And that is my favorite place in the world to hunt ducks is in the Mississippi Delta, mm-hmm. like above Jackson, below um, you know like Greenville, that whole just Delta area mm-hmm. and that's where a lot of those guys were from and when i hear that it brings me back to like you watched oh brother or art thou chris mm-hmm. thomas king was in yeah. there and uh it just it brings me back there and i just i love that vibe dude i get that dude i totally get that oh, that's man, great it's, just, it's so good one of the things i find really interesting with creatives or artists is how their kind of their brand develops mm-hmm. um and what I mean by that is I talked about it. Um, I don't know if you follow like hipster woodsman on, uh, on Instagram. Yeah, totally big. Oh dude, his stuff is just so good. Um, mm-hmm. but when I follow guys like that, I can, I can with some certain degree of accuracy, I can know who it is, like whether it's a Wade Shoemaker or Cody Goff or Brian Dryden or Joseph Edwards with hipster woodsman, because they have a very, um, distinct style with how they frame shots. Like 
you know, Joseph Edwards with Hipster is a big, big depth of field guy. So, you know, I can look at that and go, man, I, I think that's I think that's Hipster's work. Um, yeah. With artists like yourself, it's a little bit easier because when I hear you sing, I know it's you. Right. Um, but did you – because there's a danger in being, like, so influenced by somebody that your stuff starts sounding like, mm-hmm. like theirs, right? Um, like, yeah. for example, when I – when I was a drummer, like all through high school, I mean, I loved Rush because Neil Peart was just yeah. like the jam, dude. Mm-hmm. And so when we play together, a lot of the fills that I would try to do or play one way or the other, I try and replicate what I heard him do. And so you never really develop your own style if you get caught into that. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you how do you balance your um, you know your unique style if if and maybe maybe you're not that influenced but you just really dig other people's work um, I think that's a trap a lot of creatives fall into mm-hmm. yeah I think it's very there, there's definitely like a lot of value in having kind of people before you that you're like you know I'm gonna like gain a lot of like wisdom and insight from like maybe some of their work um, mm-hmm. however I think for me like I just I don't know, man. Like, I think there, I think there's like influences at play that I don't realize sometimes when I write. Um, and then even like when we sit down to like build the track and kind of, and like make the song, like, you know, to put it out like onto iTunes or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's definitely influences at play, but I don't know. I, we just, I just do it. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds cool. I like that. <laughs> like, so I, right, I don't know. Right, I, right. I kind of, I don't want to shortchange like an answer here, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like there's definitely winks maybe at other artists or like things that maybe kind of have a little bit of their flavor on it or whatever. But I definitely believe that I've got a unique sound like of just if you, if you throw my CD on, like I think that like there's mm-hmm. probably things that I don't know, that aren't necessarily cookie cutter. Like we I mean, I've got like a lot of digital production like on my on my album, um but I've also got mm-hmm a mandolin, you know, and, um, yeah. so there's, there's definitely like, yeah, like a lot of, you know, digital stuff to it, but also like a lot of kind of organic rootsy kind of stuff going on too. Like I've, I've got an acoustic guitar in every single track and, and part of that's mm-hmm. by design so that when I go out and I play those songs and I don't have the track, like I can, yeah. Yeah. if you listen to that track, you can still extract the singer songwriter, like acoustic guitar and the singer from that and like go mm-hmm. out and play it with nothing else. And it can still be interesting, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah. So anyway, yeah, I mean, the, I think those guys, the guys that I mentioned to you and others, like they definitely influenced that. Um, right. But yeah, I mean, there's, there's definitely like pop elements. There's definitely like rootsy, acoustic okay. kind of stuff going on. Um, but I don't know. It's just kind of a hybrid. Yeah, and I, I, I don't have like a goal when I set out to write a song. I'm just like, I just want to write a song. And kind of how yeah, that ends right. up. You know what I mean? So yeah. Yeah. Wherever it lands is where it lands. Yeah, yeah. As long as I, I feel like as long as I'm happy with it and I feel like it can like make sense to people, you know, and like have an impact, mm-hmm. like... Like, I definitely have that, like, on the radar, you know, but I'm also going right, to write something right. and, like, put something out that I, f- that I connect with, you know, because otherwise it's going to be mm-hmm. boring to me, you know, so. Yeah. Let me, let me ask you this. How much of your music is event-driven versus just, like, spontaneous thought or creativity? Can you define that a little bit? Yeah, so I think that um, 
I think that some songwriters really rely on, um, I hate to say rely on, but maybe do some of their best work um, writing about a specific event. Um, yeah. If if that makes sense, rather than just I've got this idea about this, you know, random thought that I just had. Mm. Um, you know, is so does that? I, I don't know if that muddies everything up or. Yeah. yeah, no, that's great. That's that's makes perfect sense. Um, yeah, so I've got a song that I just wrote um, and just finished. I'm actually uh, me and the producer here in my town, um, who produced uh, my previous my previous album too, Jordan Bailey. We're um, in the process of actually um, recording this track, and I'm going to be releasing it as a single um, here soon. But um, it's called Right Here, Right Now, and mm-hmm. um, something that I've been just wrestling and struggling with lately is um and and I think we all go through this but like like God am I am I doing exactly what you want me to do right now like mm-hmm. am I am I walking in your will am I um it, it, am I even in the right place or is there something that like you destined me for and I just completely missed it and I've like you know I'm not really wrestled with that and um yeah you know and there I do, so, I do yeah, too yeah so um, I think that like we can just, man, so many times we can just agonize over that. Um, but I just really feel like God has just been reminding me to just, man, just be, just be faithful and just be present and just like show up to today. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah. so yeah, so that's simply like the, you know, like the chorus is just like, that's, you know, when we were kind of doing like a sound check here a second ago, that's the one that I was singing was just like, before this moment fades away, I choose to follow what you say, to shine your light for all to see, show Jesus to the least of these. And it's just like just talking about just being engaged, like right. here in the moment, you know. And I've just, I've found just a lot of rest in that, you know, mm-hmm. and just being like, like I said, just being faithful to like right here and right now. So, yeah, man, that's definitely, that's definitely mm-hmm. got like an event or a story behind it. Yep. Um, yeah, because it's something you're actually struggling with. Right? Yeah, or absolutely. Um yeah. Yeah, so I, I mean, so I really connect with that song, um, and um, you know, a lot of the songs like on the on on my album, like my previous project here, um, I mean, they, they've all got stuff that I feel like I like I can definitely connect with, and I feel like that mm-hmm. I've kind of made it palatable for for a lot of just people out there. So I've got one called "Tell Fear to Go," and I think just man, like like we all battle with fear, right? Like that is just like a constant battle that I think that a lot of Christians just have to deal with, you know, but Jesus Mm -hmm. specifically says like, you don't have to, you just don't have to fear, you know? Um, and, um, even when it doesn't make sense, even like when the world says that you should be afraid, you know, when like the things that the world is scared of, like, you know, that's why Mm -hmm. Jesus said like my peace, I leave with you and I I don't give it as the world gives because the world's peace is based on circumstance. Like if everything is going right and in your favor, but God says like, I have a peace that surpasses all understanding. And so, Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, so, uh, you know, I've got, I've got a song called tell fear to go and, um, and just basically saying just like kind of just digging into the truth that like God is with you, you know, and you don't have to like, like let this thing be in the driver's seat, you know? So, yeah, that's good. Yeah, man. That's kind of the, that was kind of the, what I get out of walk through the fire too. Yeah, absolutely, man. Like, I love that song that there, there's a man, that song's so fun, dude. Like I, I, I just, <laughs> I don't know. I love that song. It, it just talking about like, you know, I've got these enemies just surrounding me on all sides, you know, but like, mm-hmm. you know, like my giants fall when I'm with you, you know? So, um, 
Yeah. It's so, so yeah, I appreciate that, man. Thanks. Yeah. Well, you know, it's also about when, when, when you're going through trials, um, what do you surround yourself, um, with, or with, let me use proper English, with what do you surround yourself that mm-hmm. gives you comfort? What, what are you going to cling to? Um, and if you're of the, get kind of deep, if you're of the world, those things are burned up, man. Yep. Those, that's those, right, man. You know, the, 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 the earthly comforts and pleasure, are you going to, are you going to take, um, are you going to take rest and solitude and how much money you have or how many things you have or, um, all of your, all of your wonderful abilities. Look, I've said it for years. There are a lot of guys, um, who think that, uh, they're, they're too weak to serve Christ. Like they don't bring anything to the table. The truth is, there's a lot of guys that are too strong that think that they don't need it, that think mm-hmm. that I'm doing fine on my own. And so when you go yeah. through those trials and in, uh, second Corinthians, and this is talking about a different place, but you know, trials as, as tried by fire, things that are not yeah. eternal are burned up. They do you no good. Mm-hmm. Totally, man. And um, like we yeah. we've got a song that um, we've got a song that we're doing here at church that w- that we just introduced, and it's called "My Hallelujah" is what it's called. And mm-hmm. it's like I, I've just I've I've been loving this song because um, the chorus says, "You will have my hallelujah," and so like hallelujah it translates out to praise the Lord. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. and so the song is saying, basically you will have my praise the Lord. And like for a long time, I was like, gosh, what is that? Like, I feel like I know what that means, but like, if I were to explain that to someone, like, what would I say? And so you talking about like surrounding ourselves with like earthly pleasures and comforts and just trying to find like, um, just solace, you know, in other things besides Mm -hmm. the Lord, like, man, you know, I used to teach like in youth group when I was a youth pastor, like it's like we have like this like certain shaped hole like in our heart and like there's and it's and like it's only one shape that God has created and it's for himself. But man, it's, it's almost just like, you know, like when you're a little bitty kid, well, I mean, you're so, we're so little, we probably don't remember, but like, you know, these like literally mm-hmm. like these blocks that we try to fit, let's say it's like a square shaped hole and you're trying yeah. to fit a star shaped block into it. And like, mm-hmm. it just does not work, you know, and you can jam it in there and make it make it try to work. But like the reality is like that star shaped block was not designed for that square shaped hole. And there is yeah. only, it'll one fit, it'll thing fit that, into it, but it won't fill it. Right. Exactly. That's great. Yeah. And so yeah. there's only one thing that can. And so that's like, and it's God. Right. And so, so when it that's says right. like, you will have, you will have my praise the Lord. It's like, man, are you gonna like, is God, is God going to be your everything today? And I think that's what that song means. Like everything that I do say, think even the breath of my lungs it's going to be like, mm. if, like if, if, if you put my life into a blender, the product that would come out on the other side would be a praise the Lord milkshake, like if you will. Or like <laughs> if, if, if my life was a song on the radio, like my song would be praise the Lord. Like I want everything that I do just to be like an act of worship, you know. And so that song yeah. has just been really blessing me lately. And yeah, um, yeah and I th- um, hopefully our church is liking it too. But, <laughs> yeah. but I love yeah. it, man. So uh, so yeah, so you're that's, I don't know, it just made me think of that whenever you yeah. mentioned just like, yeah. Just comfort, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I do my, I do my best thinking about things. This is going to sound weird, um, but when I'm driving around in my truck with the radio off, that's mm-hmm. that's where I have my deepest kind of one-on-one time. Totally. Um, with with God, what's what what's your what's your one-on-one thought time? You know, um, as far as just like thinking, um, man, like 
I feel like a lot of good songwriting has just happened while I'm driving down the road, you know, like, and I just feel like, Oh, you too. Yeah, totally. Okay, you know, <laughs> if I'm just sitting in silence or if I'm listening to something like to a song and I'll hear a melody like from, from an artist from a song that mm-hmm. will maybe inspire me to like start thinking about a melody of my own. Like, mm-hmm. um, or sometimes like if it's, like in the pre-chorus, getting ready to go to the chorus, and I feel like the song's gonna go this way, or this is how I would want the song to go, like into the chorus, like melodically, or like with music, like with the music of it, um, and then it goes a different way. But I'm like, oh, well, that's what I would have done though in that instance. So maybe there's right. a song in that, you know. So I feel like right. a lot of creativity for me happens just in the car, <laughs> yeah. like honestly. I mean, I don't know what it is about that because, like, I still, you know, obviously you still have to be engaged and like not have a wreck but like Mm -hmm. but somehow man like that's that's just kind of like my time you know so um just to like really i feel like you know whether god just kind of drops it into my spirit or if i'm just just i don't know just really creative in those moments like i feel like just a lot of good stuff just happens in the car well you were talking about your new song i see a guitar yeah you want to do it yeah awesome i'll let you yeah we'll get we'll get set up and let your uh let you get in in position but I'd, I'd love to hear it if you want to play it yeah absolutely man i'd love to play it <clears throat> um cool so this this is the song that i was telling you about right here right now um i'm gonna tell you this is the first time i've ever played this like for someone <laughs> like <laughs> so you're uh yeah the first here so let it run um, so what so i say that to say be gracious with me if I mess this up a little bit. So, <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, can you hear it okay? Yeah, yeah. What's the name of the song again? It's called Right Here, Right Now. Gotcha. Father, am I walking in your will? Is this really where you want me still? Questions won't stop racing through my mind Could it be they've stolen so much time? I get so caught up on where I think I should be That I think I might have missed you right in front of me Open my eyes up, or could you help me to see Cause I don't want to miss you right in front of me Before this moment fades away I choose to follow what you say To shine your light for all to see Show Jesus to the least of these If I go now Jesus could you help me understand I'm already walking in your plan it's not a thing I have to figure out so I'm leaning in I'm living the here and now cause I get so caught up where I think I should be that I think I might have missed you Right in front of me God open my eyes up 
could you help me to see? Lord, I don't want to miss you right in front of me. Before this moment fades away, I choose to follow what you say to shine your light for all to see. Show Jesus to the least of us. If I go Right here, right now, I will simply be faithful. With what you've given me, right here, right now, you want me here, right here, right now, I will simply be faithful. With what you've given me, before smoke and fades away. I choose to follow what you say To shine your light for all to see Show Jesus to the least of If I go or if I stay Don't want to waste another day I'll shine your light for all to see Show Jesus to the least of these Right here, right now here right now man that's good stuff dude thank you i appreciate it absolutely you got good range man oh thanks dude thanks man i really appreciate that i try no man that's good that's good yeah what um other than how often do you get to perform um just different places different things yeah, you know, like actually when I first started, like I um, had, I don't know, I felt like I was pretty busy. I was playing, well, busy for me, um, probably playing like 25, 30 shows a year, um, mm-hmm. which for just starting out, like I felt like yeah. that was quite, quite a bit. Yeah. It's really slowed down. Um, there hasn't like been like a ton of opportunity. Um, but, you know, man, like I've just, I've really like, I've really tried to just focus on just having really good writing. Um, right. Because you can play a ton of shows, mm-hmm. and that's fine and dandy. However, if you don't have a great song, like you're not going to get noticed by from an industry standard. Right. Um, you're just not going to get noticed. You have to have a great song that like really is giving something to people, you know. And I'm not saying that like there's not good songwriters out there that just tour a lot, and mm-hmm. they're like I no. think I think God has given people to do that. Um, the, honestly, like, I don't want to tour, a, like, a ton. Like, and when I say a ton, like, I mean, I've talked to people, they played 150 shows a year, and that's, like, just crazy insane right. to me. Like, um, I'm kind of a homebody. I love being home. I love playing shows, but I think, for me, like, that, the perfect number for me would probably be somewhere between 40 to 50 a year, give or take. Right. Um, but that just just a matter of, I don't know, if God chooses to open those doors and you know um right at some point but like right now it's just really just focusing on the writing um and i'm definitely open to opportunities and i've got some shows booked for this year but it's not 
Cool. Um, you know, it's not a ton. What has been your most memorable? Like, I, it, who have you been able to either open for or play with that you were just like, wow, thanks? Yeah, <laughs> man. Um, gosh, man, I'll tell you what. So we've got we've got a uh, a, a theme park that's here. Um, and if anybody lives in Tennessee or Kentucky or Illinois that's listening to this, they've probably heard of Holiday World. Um, and it's just uh, it's just this cool like theme park located in a town called Santa Claus, and so it used to be called Santa Claus Land, and it was just like Christmas themed. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So have you heard of this place? About. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's a super awesome park, man. And um, so for the last few years, they've hosted like a music festival in mm-hmm. the summertime. Mm-hmm. And uh, so actually, um, so I've played at it twice now. So in 2017, um, I played. Um, it's it's called like the Hoosier theater stage or something like that and so i played Mm -hmm. on that and along with a lot of other artists um just kind of during the day and um and then i submitted last last year i submitted my work like from this project um that i that i put out last year um to them and i got back an email from like the uh, liaison for that and she said congratulations you've been selected for the main stage and i was like what 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 a second wait a second so i literally i literally messaged her back i said now like when you say the main stage (laughs) you're talking about like like the main one right (laughs) so the main main yeah well because i thought maybe the main stage was like named after this guy his last name was main and like actually this is one that's out in the woods and you know there's probably not gonna be a whole lot of people (laughs) like i don't know like i just was not expecting that the the m-a-i-n not like the m-a-y-n-e like kenny main like yeah, that's main, right. right. Exactly. It's exactly <laughs> what I thought. So, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so man, it was just, it was just such an awesome day. Like they, it was just such a sweet atmosphere. And, um, I actually got to open, um, for a band called for King country that day wow. and, um, got to like even, even talk to him for a little bit. And it was just, man, it was just such a sweet experience. And so those it was guys King, are from Australia, aren't they? Yeah, they are, man. So they live, they live in Tennessee now, but yeah, they are, oh, they wow. are from Australia. And wow. then, um, Rebecca St. James is actually their sister. So I don't know if you knew that or oh, not, yeah. but, um, no kidding. Yep, absolutely. And, um, so yeah. And then, uh, there's another band called We Are Messengers. And so mm-hmm. they were there that night and, uh, and yeah, they just, they just killed it too, man. Like, it, and so that was great. Um, kind of getting to meet a couple of those guys. And so, yeah, dude, it was just a sweet experience just all around. And they just like right. the, just the event just really, they just did a good job, like, of, of, you know, just taking care of us. And it was just such a sweet memory and just even like the support. Um, and this is probably the most memorable thing to me, but just like people that came to my show that day that just had no idea who I was and they came up mm-hmm. to me and just that, and man, they were just so supportive and just like, yeah just i don't know just reminded me like hey like man like god is really using this and so um i I don't know i was just so encouraged today and i've got plenty of other fantastic memories of just festivals and just events that i've played at and churches Mm -hmm. that i've played at but man Mm -hmm. that one really just like rises to the surface you know for me so yeah um yeah man i um we were talking before i I told you in uh my the one famous dude i know is zach williams who yeah uh, yeah yeah yeah, let's talk office. about that a little bit, man. Yeah. I want to talk about that. Yeah. He um so we were filming our second episode of season 1 of Passion and Pursuit and we were in St. Charles, Arkansas and uh mm-hmm. we were hunting with just man just such a such a good solid Christian guy, um Heath Whitmore. And um 
Zach Williams and he went to college together. They ran in kind of the same circles before uh, before they they made that life changing decision to follow Christ. And mm-hmm. um, it was Zach Williams has a really kind of a he was in a really dark place uh, playing music with a different you know band overseas and just all the the things that rock stars get mixed up in right right um and so i told heath like what a big fan this is before zach was this is before he signed with sony um mm-hmm. and, and so this is he was just he was zach williams and the brothers of grace and he was leading worship and and um he said you know he he wants to come hunt and i'm like dude really and so <laughs> it's so funny man because the guy is such a goofball Mm-hmm. I mean, he's just such a – but, man, he's a great guy. And we actually um, – his song, Wash Clean, was in our second episode towards the end, and it's just this beautiful, beautiful song of just, Father, I come to you with all of this crap, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he said he, he wrote that in his bathroom, um, sitting yeah. on the edge of the tub because he just that's when it just hit him he's like i just father i need you to just take all of this you know junk that i'm burdened with and you do whatever you need to do with it to wash me clean and mm-hmm. and still man it's just god it was just such a great experience um yeah so sharing cool. a blind with him um He's a big guy, man, and so mm-hmm. I'm. He and I are about the same size. I'm the only. It's a good thing I had an extra pair of waders because, like, he he wears a size 13 like me, and so I yeah. had the only waders that he could wear. So he had to borrow yeah. my waders, and I I think um, we may have killed two ducks on that on that hunt, but it was um it was great. And then all of a sudden, like you said, you have to have that that one song that just you know that just clicks and and gets mm-hmm. you noticed. And he has such a distinctive kind of southern rock sounding voice yeah. when he when he sings that um that one song i think it was wash clean is the one that just that got him noticed and now the dude is just he's taken off man mm-hmm. and yeah, i know him absolutely. which is like crazy so right yep that's that's totally cool man that's great like and he was just being faithful with what he had in front of him you know what i mean and like god just Oh, yeah. I just opened the door, you know, and so yeah. But he uh, he had never he had never duck hunted. Yeah, never. Yeah, and he's like in the like in between Jonesboro and, and uh, Stuttgart, mm-hmm. and I'm like, yeah, dude, you're like in the best. What are you talking right, about? Totally. Uh, I think like he was it? the only one that killed a bird that morning too. Oh, really? Yeah. Did he enjoy it? Oh yeah, man. Yeah. I painted his face up and everything. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, so, I got me. I got me some hardy face paint for. Uh, for Christmas this year, so I'm excited. To, you got to do it, man. Yeah, you got to do it. So do you use that stuff. Um, when I hunt, so when I hunt the timber, I do. Yeah. Um, always. Uh, right. I don't. Um, I don't paint up a lot. Like if we're hunting fields, if we're in ground blinds or or uh, like the tangle free uh, panel mm-hmm. blinds that we use, um, just because it's really not necessary. But in the timber, where everything is super dark, a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Guys don't understand. Like I'll, I'll paint my, I'll cover my face, and um, I'll cover the backs of my hands because if you're calling or if you're working a jerk string or something yeah. like that, your hands are always moving. Um, Man, that's a great point. I hadn't thought about that. Like, that's, yeah, that's yeah, a really yeah. good idea. So it's, um, you know, they. If you stand back, I mean, if you can see it, they can see it ten times better. Mm-hmm. 
You bet. And so, you know, if I'm if I'm in a ground blind or um, if we're hunting a field, if if we're in layout blinds or whatever, I typically don't because you're covered up anyway. But in the woods, like if you look at a lot of the stuff that um, you know on Instagram, some of the stills or any of our videos that we put out, um, any of the short films that we put out. Most of the time, if we're in woods, we're painted up, you know, pretty pretty good. Now my my beard does a good job. Like if there's Spanish moss any place, I can usually blend in because I'm I look like right. Gandalf. I look like Gandalf without the right. pointy hat during duck <laughs> yeah. season. Yeah. So, but you're great. relatively new to waterfowling, though, right? Yeah, I am. I uh, I'm pretty much brand new. Um, so, so I, I shouldn't say brand new. So like a few years ago, like I, my brother used to work for the DNR in Northern Indiana and he was the property manager just on a place that just strictly, um, pretty, well, I shouldn't say strictly, but pretty much just managed for waterfowl. Right. Um, and so I go up there and I would hunt with him some and some of his mm-hmm. buddies. Um, but that was the only exposure really that I had to it. Um, and I had gone on a couple hunting excursions down here, like where I live at, but I never mm-hmm. really like owned it for my own until right. this year. And so, um, so this year I was just like, you know, I started listening to like, you know, the duck gun chronicles and mm-hmm. just kind of learning a little bit from like just you and other guys that he had on there and himself as well. And it's just like, I was just like, you know what? Like I can do this. Like I can totally like just get after this myself, you know? Yeah. Um, I had six decoys sitting in my attic that were just collecting dust. And I was like, I'm using them things this year. Like I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going for it. And so, um, so yeah, so I researched, um, tried to figure out places kind of close to my house that I could, you know, maybe have a crack at it. And, um, yeah, you know, we're not really known for waterfowl. Um, it's, it's really deer and turkey hunting around here. Um, and that's definitely like the, the big, the big draw, but, um, but yeah, there are some ducks around here. And if you, I mean, you got to put your work in and you got to find them. Um, and figure out where that's they're any at. place man but yeah totally um I, th- I think here it's it's even a lot harder to search though and, it, and sometimes you know if the birds are on private land you know it's just it's just it's just tough man but we do have a wetland that's um so ducks unlimited in the dnr here they they created this wetland area probably like honestly don't know how long it's been there but it's called um otter creek and man it's just like i don't know for me i just love it it just it like I love going there. There's just something about it that just like refreshes me just being there. It's just like mm-hmm. when I think about duck hunting, it's like, this is it. Like there's cat, it's just cattails and just like low shallow water and like, um, right. and so, yeah. So I remember me and a buddy, we went and scouted that this last summer and, um, uh, there was just quite Don't a few. Don't tell everybody how good it is. Do I not know. mention the name of the place and do not mention that it's, that was stacked up because right. you're going to yeah. get hate mail. Yeah. I need to need to be careful here but <laughs> anyway so the place was awful i should say right right <laughs> no. it's terrible. Uh, don't, don't go there guys don't but anyway that. yeah so that's uh but yeah that's pretty close to my house and i just man i love going there and um and uh just just kind of getting away and just refreshing and just mm-hmm. um shot my uh my first blue wing um there this year and um and that was just great man like and it, it was it was so beautiful because like i was just sitting there and the wood ducks were you know make doing their thing and like right. you know and in indiana you can't like the teal when teal season opens you can't harvest wood ducks yet right. um it's like that in kentucky you can do that in kentucky you can do that in tennessee i'm pretty sure but in indiana for whatever reason i'm not sure like we, yeah, we just weird we just can't kill wood ducks at that point um 
uh, anyway, um, but I was sitting there and then just these teal just zoom over me and man, like it was just like, like a, like a fighter jet was just zooming past me. <laughs> and so I was yeah. like, uh, those weren't wood ducks. I'm pretty sure those yeah. were teal. And so, um, I ended up killing one that day and man, it was just like, it was just such a cool experience. And so, yeah. um, so yeah, that was kind of like my first like big moment where I was like, I'm a duck hunter, you know, like I'm not like kind of standing in the shadow of like someone else. And it's the I first was just, step is in admitting you have a problem. So yeah, you just did it. Right, right, right. <laughs> and so, um, so yeah, man, I was like, I was on cloud nine that day. Like it was just, it was awesome. I went home, cleaned that thing whole and put it in the crock pot. Yeah. And it was just, it was just, it was fun, man. Um, so anyway, um, yeah, that's, but I, I'm still like relatively new to it, man. And, um, yeah, so, uh, hunted. well, I'll give you some advice that our field pastor, Matt Robertson, who is in, uh, who's in Arkansas gives everybody. Yeah. He says, if you want to be successful, you come with two things, a good attitude and Sitka gear. That's one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. I don't know if I'll ever be able to break down. I'm sure it's worth it. Like, you know, I'm sure that like, if I, you know, put a piece of gear on from them, I'd be like, mm. you know, I understand why it's, it is, yeah, it has the price tag it has on it. But, um, yeah, I, I tell guys all the time, look, if you're, if you're just getting into it, um, save up and invest your money in quality. I say that about tangle free, uh, yeah. a, a, you know, they sponsor this podcast. Um, I say that about Sitka. Um, mm-hmm. it's nothing is more frustrating than just, you know, continually investing in gear that fails after a year or two. Right. Um, same thing with, with, with waiters. I mean, you, you, you buy a pair of waiters, guarantee you're going to be getting another pair in another year to 18 months. Mm-hmm. It's just, that's, you know, that's, that's the way it is. For sure, um, man. You get what you pay for. There ain't no doubt about that. Yeah. But yeah. it's such a, it's such, like we said before, it's such a great, uh, mission field. I mean, you, you meaning, you whoever is listening that hunts uh, as a believer mm-hmm. you have a mission field in your backyard that you mm-hmm. get to go to over and over and mm-hmm. over again i mean you hear about all these missions and we're sending guys over here and we got to raise thousands and thousands of dollars to send guys over there i get it but you have a mission field in your backyard mm-hmm. or wherever you are that you get to go to day in and day out take advantage of that right um what talk about um maybe some of the guys that you've crossed paths with uh hunting that you might not have run across had you not been because that you know honestly ryan that's that's the whole point of this podcast is people is we want to connect people with different interests now they Mm -hmm. all kind of revolve around waterfalling so um but there's there's that's why we call it no limits podcast is because there's there's no limit to the number of tangents that, that guys can go on with right. their interest, and so our hope is the goal of the podcast is to connect guys that would have ordinarily not connected before, um, and we're already starting to kind of kind of see that. But uh, that that's the goal is that yeah you know I tuned in because I heard this podcast before they were talking about something else, but then I wanted to hear about this guy and his music, and then I started hearing this message about Jesus, and I didn't even know I was going to hear that, um, and so. Talk about some of the guys that you've crossed paths with that maybe probably would not have happened if you weren't running those waterfowl circles. Yeah. Um, so 
I'm not going to give the impression that like I have this huge circle of like people that like I run with and like hunt Mm -hmm. with and all that. Um, I think for me, um, I don't know, man. Like, so I've got a buddy that I've, that I've hunted with, um, back in the, back this early December, kind of mid early December. And, um, we definitely wouldn't have spent probably as much time together if, Mm -hmm. you know, we hadn't duck hunted together and he's a believer. He's, he goes here to my church. Um, but you know, we, you know, we had a fantastic time just like, just talking about just man life and just Jesus and just marriage. Like just while we're sitting there, like, yeah. And nothing's going on. And dude, like, so, so we hunted two days in a row, like, and it poured, absolutely poured. <laughs> and, but we're like, forecast is calling for a hundred percent, but we're going for it. Yeah. <laughs> so dude, I mean, just like yeah. nonstop, like cold rain, which is just like, in my opinion, the worst. Right. And, um, but man, we had a great time and, uh, he killed some ducks. I didn't, but he did. And, uh, we, but we talked about just everything under the sun and, uh, it was a good time, dude. I think for me, I think hunting is a time for me just to escape um, mm-hmm. If that makes sense, and so it totally um, does. I, I I've definitely like hunted with people, and I've had, or like we'll go into the woods at the same time together. Hey, you go sit in this stand, I'll go sit in this one, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had those moments. I think for me though, there I love like just walking the woods or walking mm-hmm. a wetland and like mm-hmm. just being on my own and like with the Lord and just like, because there's things that like I want to stop and experience and pay attention to and listen to and just experience that. I feel like if I'm with a person, I feel like a lot of times I have to, um, just be concerned about like maybe like what they want to do or like talking right. to them. And I don't want to make that sound the wrong way, but for no, me, no, no. like it's just, it's a very restorative time for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, man, I just love even just like taking my shotgun, just like out in the woods and just trying to find a squirrel and like, and if I do, that's great. But like, if not, like, man, I loved watching that pileated woodpecker do its thing for 20 yeah. minutes or what, you know what I mean? Just like, yeah. and I just love, like, I think that we, and we, we hit on this last week when we talked for a bit, but like, there's such a disconnect that I think that we just have from the outside world and nature that I think God wants us to have, mm-hmm. um, like he wants us to have a deep connection to all those things and, and a deep respect and love for it. But we just think that this meat just somehow magically appeared on my dinner plate or, right. um, or we just get in our car and we go mm-hmm. to work and then we're in the office all day and then we get in our car and we come back home and we're just like pretty much behind a closed door th- that entire time. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I think there's just so much more to it than that, man. Like, I think there's just a, such a connection just to the world, like to the earth that like God, yeah. You know, I loved what you said last week when you said when God made everything, he stepped back and said what it was good. Yeah. You know? And so if I believe that, then I don't think that I, that there's one thing that I have to like add to this to make it better. Like, right. I think that it's absolutely perfect the way it is. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I think the world is broken now and there's cause sin is involved. I'm not that, the, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm just talking right. about just the nature of right. just the earth and how it works. Um, I think God wants us to create and be industrious and, and, and build and, and create things and be creative because I think that reflects his nature because he's a creator. Um, but at the end of the day, like this world and this earth is good. Mm-hmm. And um, I think he wants us to know that and experience that. And so um, when I'm out and I, I see like wildlife just doing its thing or maybe it's 
just the way the scenery that I, that I catch a glimpse of or whatever, when I'm out in the woods, like there, there's like, I feel God's love in that moment because I just see that like, man, he made this for me to enjoy, you totally. know, and to respect and have like, just be an awestruck wonder of him, you know? And so, um, yep. so yeah, so, so for me, like hunting, man, it's just, it's like a, I don't want to sound like that. I'll, I'll never like go hunting with someone. Cause I, I enjoy doing that, but I also love just like being by myself, you know, in those moments and just kind of having that right. restorative time. Right. Well, it, it, so you just said exactly what I was thinking. It is a restoration of mind, body, and soul. Yeah, um, totally. It, it's one of the things, you know, we talked about Eldridge a little bit earlier. And if you read, I think every man, young man, wherever you are, should read Wild at Heart. Mm-hmm. You, you, you have to, because it talks about... It talks about uh, man being created in God's image, right? Um, mm-hmm. and, and what does that really mean? We, we were created in the image of a creator who created wild, wild places. And mm-hmm. like you said, he called it good when he was finished. So apparently yeah. he's kind of a big fan of those types of places. Yeah. And we were created with that same heart that mm-hmm. longs for for that you if and, and and eldridge goes into in his book if you if you look at young boys when they're outside playing or if if you live if young boys live next to woods right you let them out of the house that's where they're going yep that's where they're going because they were created to want to go there mm-hmm. um now with you got video games and all this other crap distracting you, you know distracting kids from it's just a shadow dude it's a shadow it it is and if you look at um and it's funny because tj and i talked about the same thing when he was on the podcast um if you look at how we used to play when we were young boys i mean there was always we were fighting battles or we were always in some kind of adventure or playing war Mm -hmm. or, or something where there was something at stake um and then you look at as we get older we we kind of lose that because there's so many other things pulling for our time and and pulling at our hearts. Yep. That we we almost tend to lose that identity, that that wild masculine adventurous nature that we scripture says we were all created with. Yep. And you na- I mean you called it restoration, I think that's exactly what it is. Yep. Um but to that point of if you look at how we used to play when we were kids and we, there was always an enemy, right? I mean, there was a, we had to go fight a battle against the uh, evil someone or dragon and, and save the princess or, or whatever, you know, whatever it was. Um, why does – and Eldridge makes this point too. Why does every story, every story have an enemy in it? Name one that doesn't. You, you can't. Mm-hmm. And – it, you, we are drawn to those like you think of three hundred or Braveheart or Gladiator or got movies that that like Eldred is a big movie guy, so you think of movies that we just we're just super super into or or Saving Private Ryan or something like that. Every sto- we love those stories that have an enemy in it because our story has an enemy in it as well, right? And that's why we relate to those things so well. So when you say and I'm totally, dude, like legit down with, is, yeah, I need to be out there to restore the heart and soul that God 
put in me when he created me, but the world mm-hmm. has some kind of, somehow just kind of covered up and buried. Yeah. Well, absolutely, dude. And I, I think about those times that I get out and then I have to, like, you know, if I'm out there for a few hours or whatever, and then I kind of just have to go back to my regular kind of life that's like mm-hmm. outs- like kind of removed from that, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I feel like I have a pretty good life, but like, like my life that is just, like I said, pretty removed from the outdoor world. Um, I, you know, it saddens me. And, yeah. but I think that like th- this, this is what I believe is that there, yeah, like there's a restorative therapeutic, um, you know, time in the woods. And, um, and, and I even looked it up here and like, and I've read this before, but like spinning is, so I'm just, and I'm just reading this off of like, a website, so take it for what you want it. But I believe it, man. It says spending time in the forest, hiking mountains, and just being outside can lead to significant health benefits. And studies have shown that walking in the woods can improve improve blood pressure, boost mental health, and decrease cancer risk. I don't know about that last one, but uh, it says so. Go spend some time forest bathing and improve your health. Wow. So, and man, I believe it, dude. Like, there's yeah. some like uh, how many times have you been outside in the woods or just walking, like you know, like in a park or whatever, and like you spend an hour outside and then you, but then you like maybe compare that to an hour like on Instagram or in front of the TV. Mm. Um, and you're like, man, I got so much more out of that hour being outside as opposed oh, to, totally. you know what I mean? Just in front totally. of, in front of like just a screen. And so that's why I think, man, like video games, like they, it's just a cry. Uh, and I'm going to get like a little like, I don't know. This this is just me, and this is just like my brain working. And take it for what you want it. But like men not giving their like exposing their 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 children to the outdoors and not being present in their lives leads to boys playing video games, and it's a cry to be involved in something that's like physically challenged, such as being in the outdoors, such as hunting. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be hunting, but that's an example. Um, and I think that like just video video games, man, they're just like a cry, like to to be involved in something that's rigorous and challenging. Um, yeah. But they don't know how to go out and do that because they didn't have somebody to show them. Does that make sense? Totally. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I think that like, man, I think it's a necessity to be outside. I really believe that. Like, you know. Like we were created to be outside. Like we're not created to be like under these fluorescent bulbs all day and just like <laughs> behind glass, just you know, just yeah. looking out the window on our lunch break or something like that. Man, like that's crazy. Yeah, totally, dude. Like we are meant like for the out like you know, we are meant for the outside. And I think that like we spend a ton of money and go into a ton of debt to try to get things that like we we can't afford and then we have to work a ton and then we don't have even the time or energy to be outside, you know? So I think that like, it comes down to like, man, just live a simple life. Like just only like really just try to live on just what you need. And then, so you can have like those hours and that time with your family to get outside, to be in God's creation and just live the life. I think that you were meant to live and not just being like a slave to your to your job. I understand that some people have to work 40, 50, like, or like 50, 60, 70 hours a week. Like Mm -hmm. I totally get that. Like there's times for that. But if you just are, you know, if it's because like you're trying to pay for all these things that like you really don't need, man, like that's crazy. That's just silly. Like, because they're not going to bring you happiness, you know, um, walking with Christ and, and being known by him and knowing him and then experiencing the things that he's given you 
such as your family mm-hmm. and the outdoors, man, that's where you find it, you know? So, yeah. um, yeah. yeah. What, um, not that there's like a bucket list, but where would you like to hunt that you haven't been able to hunt yet? Like what type of? Totally. Uh, so I'm going to get away from ducks here for a second. I'd okay. say that probably my, my foremost like love is upland bird hunting. So, um, I don't know if you've done any like quail or woodcock, like down where you're at in Louisiana, but, um, so up here, like even around here, this used to be really good. Like I've talked to some guys like that hunted, like maybe back in the eighties and seventies are like, man, like the quail, they used to be just a ton around here. Um, and I'll hear one whistle every now and then, but it's, that's it. Like they're just, there's just not a huntable population. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we used to have like a lot of grouse around here too. Um, mm-hmm. when I was, um, probably when I was younger, but I've, I've never even heard one drum before. But, um, so I love the upland bird hunt. My brother actually lives in Iowa now and he's got mm-hmm. him a bird dog and the, the pheasants and the quail are just doing really good up there. So I, I go up every fall and we pheasant hunt and quail hunt and it's just, dude, it's, it's just a blast. It's so good. Yeah. I, I, I think what I love about upland hunting is the surprise factor. Cause you just oh. never know like when one's going to come up, you know? Yeah. And then you've got to like, get your composure and then try to get on it and like, you know, and then down the bird, you know, and I love that. I, there's, there's just so much to it. And I love watching like a good dog just like work, you know, work yeah. the grass and just go on right. point and lock up. And there's just, there's just something that's just so awesome about it to me. Yeah. Um, so I say all that to say, I think for me, it changes from time to time, but I think for me currently right now, like a dream hunt would be like probably central Montana um, and do like a, a mixed bag upland bird hunt. So they've got like pheasants out there. They've got grouse out there. Mm-hmm. Um, there may be chuckers out there. I don't think so though. I think that's like just really high elevations, but anyway, right. um, but yeah, just doing something like that, man. And just being that scenery and just like those just giant rolling hills with like mountains in the background, like, oh, yeah. um, totally. that, that would definitely be it for me, dude. Yeah. I, um, as far my, as ducks go, I, I was yeah. just going to say, as far as ducks go, uh-huh. Uh, gosh, dude, I, I think, I think a timber hunt would be cool. I don't dream of that, that I feel like a lot of guys do. Right. Um, I, I love, man, I love the plains and like the prairie. So like mm-hmm. probably going out to like, um, I just met a guy this last year, um, actually the guy that I duck hunted with, um, this, this, this past fall, the past winter, his grandpa goes out to a uh, central South Dakota every year and mm-hmm. hunts on the Missouri river. And that as far as ducks go, that would probably be it for me. Yeah. I, um, so you're talking about the surprise factor. Yeah. Of, yeah. Well, my experience to that is we, we shoot a lot of big Canada geese in Kansas with some buddies that we go with. Yeah. Um, and I knocked one down or somebody knocked one down that sailed a long ways, like towards a, a fence or, or a tree line, a shelter belt that was a good ways away. So, I get up out of the ground blind and I'm running this thing down. He's running towards the woods and getting closer, getting closer, totally focused on the bird in front of me, right? And mm-hmm. almost stepped on a pheasant that flushed. <laughs> yeah. And I wasn't expecting it. And dude, that was like stepping on a landmine. Uh huh. Scared the you know what out of me. They are loud. <laughs> Man. And I just, I didn't, I'd never flushed one. And it took me a couple of seconds to realize what it was. And uh-huh. so I can see why guys miss <laughs> yep. because you have to get all your faculties together in mm. milliseconds to, mm. to, and it was, 
yeah, the surprise factor is uh, was definitely there. Yeah, uh, but but it's awesome because like, man, they're a big bird. Like you know, I mean, it's they're big, but the kill zone because a lot of times you'll focus on the tail. The kill zone on that bird is not as big as you think it is. Right, totally. And I and I and I'm guilty of this. Like I always tell people, I'm more lucky than good. But like <laughs> I I am not good at like I'll just aim at the bird and not aiming at the bird where the bird is going to be mm-hmm. and so I've really got to like break that habit in me but I mean I've killed some pheasants but like not probably what I should have at this point yeah. um but man yeah I when when one comes up or just a big covey of quail gets up and they're just all going in different directions like man it's just it's so fun it's just fun so yeah man it's good that's funny that's funny you almost stepped on one that uh oh dude I I totally I was another two steps and i'd have been on it yeah where were you guys at in kansas um just south of wichita when that happened okay yeah and so uh we hunt with uh we've been hunting with the same it goes back to my question of like the people that you come into contact with um we one of the biggest blessings of of filming all the things that we film is the network of of just really solid friends that we have put together along Mm -hmm. the way um, and you know, we go back to the same places every single year and, uh, it, it's just, you know, it, it's, it's really made everything. And, and we weren't, we weren't really planning on that. Like we didn't think that that was something that we were going to come across, but, yeah. um, you know, guys like Ronnie Kondo and in, in Kansas and then Travis Sipe, who's in, uh, more Northeastern, I guess, like by Emporia, um, mm-hmm runs a guide service called duck wild waterfowl and we just yeah. go like fun hunts with with him and just uh, he, we, we've had him on the podcast too just a super super solid dude yeah um but yeah man we'll we'll drag uh we'll get the either the the tangle free the the panel blinds or the the ghost ground blinds or whatever and just sit amongst the 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 canada and the snow geese full bodies mm. and yeah. they just come gliding in like 747s right yeah Oh, it's yeah, it's fun watching a big flock come in like that, man. Yeah, our um, matter of fact, episode four and five of um of our first season was titled Giants, and that's who we were uh, that's who we were hunting with, mm-hmm. and I mean just giant giant Canada geese. Yeah, I, I remember the because we had never really I'd never really hunted giant Canada's. I mean I'd shot some cacklers, you know, some lessers before, mm-hmm. uh, but we had a group locked in from like a mile out. And yeah. they were just coming and coming, feet dropped. And so I clicked the safety off on my gun, and one of the guys is sitting next to me. He's like, "Yeah, we, they're still, uh, they're still three hundred yards out." Yeah, <laughs> that's hilarious, man. I was like, "Roger that." I was just uh, checking my safety, <laughs> right, <laughs> making sure I was ready to go. Yeah. Oh man, but that's I great. mean, they look like they were in range from a half mile out. Yeah, that's funny, man. I don't know if I've ever seen one. Now that you mentioned that, like, I don't know if I've ever seen like a giant, like. I mean, I know they're big. I feel like I've seen a picture of a dude like holding one up like from the head and just like, mm-hmm. you know, and they're just massive. But I don't know if I've ever seen one in person. Um, you got them out there for sure. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I've, I need driven, to pay I've driven that countryside plenty going from county to county for work, and I've seen them. Okay. Cool. Well, I'll just have to pay attention. I mean, I've, yeah. I mean we've got Canada geese around it, and maybe, that's, maybe they are the giant ones, but – um, yeah, typically yeah. you see them in groups of you know five, six, seven smaller uh-huh. groups. That's that's the that's the biggins. Okay. The cacklers, cool. um, the smaller lessers, 
uh, are, are, you know, a little bit bigger than a mallard, probably one and a half times the size of a, mm-hmm. you know, a decent mallard. But they'll be in big, big, big groups. Okay. Like sweet. you see the giants on golf courses. So if you go to a golf course, that's a good place to kill one. Right. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah just sit just in the gotta, bunker and wait for them to come over. Got to be super slick about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah. Um, let's wrap this up, man. What What did we uh, What did we not talk about that um, you wanted to get into? Anything? Um. Yeah, man. What's your What's your dream duck? <laughs> or if, have you already killed it? No, I haven't. And I. Um, one of the ones that I wanted to kill for a long time is a big canvas back, big bull canvas back. Yeah. Uh, and I think we might get the chance to do that next year because we're planning on going to the Chesapeake Bay area. And um, Oh, sweet. Yeah, there's just so much good heritage and history. Mm-hmm. Um, one of we're one of the you know we're sponsored by Retay Arms and they're um, they're you know they're their guy here in the states. His name's Brian Waite. We had him on the podcast. And that's where he is. He's up in like Delaware, Maryland, and yeah. we talked about just the history and the heritage of that area. And I just—it's funny because up there, you know, in the South, duck calls are like—you know—you have so many custom, quote unquote, custom call makers, and so the the duck call, like especially in Arkansas and you know the Midwest, it, duck calls are just a thing. Up there, it's hand carved wooden decoys. Like that is the Really, that's that's the artisan thing up there, yeah. and so there's a decoy museum um, there, right at the on the shores of the Chesapeake Bay, and man, I spent I spent more than a half day just walking around looking at how the old timers used to do it. Mm-hmm. Oh man, they were hardcore, yeah. bro. <laughs> that's cool. That's super cool. Yeah, my uh, my uh, youth pastor and. Uh, that's leading worship out in Virginia now. He's real close to that area. He's in Richmond, mm-hmm. so um, it's not very far from that from that mm-hmm. area at all. But yeah, that that sounds awesome, man. That's like I know it's you know like a yeah like you said, just a very rich heritage out there. You know, um, super. Yeah, cool. I mean when you see how these guys used to do it, like in wool and canvas. I mean there was no Gore-Tex, there was no Sitka, there was no you know you're you're carrying around blocks of wood that you sat there and carved right. and you know bled all over and everything else and you're it's it's awesome it's, yeah it's insane man that's awesome it's yeah. super cool yeah that's tell, great tell everybody where they can find uh, your music and I'll, I'll definitely put it in the show notes too but um if if people want to look up your music i i love it dude uh, i mean there's just so well, thanks, many songs man. that you put out that just like a, you said, say exactly kind of either what I'm thinking or what I needed to hear at that, that particular yeah. time. Yeah. Um, but if people want to find it, um, where can they find it? Totally. Yep. Uh, as far as like the social stuff, um, the best thing is just Ryan Linton, R Y A N L Y N T O N. Um, and then, you know, I'll come up right there. And that's mm-hmm. uh, that's Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really do Facebook a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just Instagram, really. Um, and then as far as like actually accessing the music, um, Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, if you have any of that type of stuff, you can definitely get it, you know, find me on there, same name. Um, and then uh, you can also just find me on YouTube too, as far as like just those tracks, if you just want to sit yeah. and play them while you're working or whatever. And yeah. 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 So that's where you can get a hold of me. That's good, man. I appreciate you dropping in and spending so much time with us, dude. I love you. Dude, new song. this is great, man. I've never done a podcast before, but I, I feel like, you know. 
went pretty well and yeah man yeah we had a lot of fun so i thanks so much for just letting me be a part of this man yeah dude just um remember positive mental attitude and sitka gear <laughs> that's right that's right <laughs> you can't lose bonus. that way no that's you right. can't lose um, that's Ryan letting everybody check him out uh, I'll put the, uh, the contact information in the show notes uh, but again man thank you so much for joining us I appreciate it yeah man thank you so much God bless you dude yeah God bless you thanks I'd like to thank Ryan Linton for joining me today I love his music and I hope that uh, you will go and find him on Facebook at Ryan Linton Music uh, you can find him on Spotify on iTunes Apple Music and on YouTube, super, super talented guy who has a heart and passion for sharing his faith through his music. And we definitely look forward to working with Ryan in the future. Uh, and thank you for listening. Make sure you hit the subscribe button and we will see you all again on another episode of the No Limits podcast. Bye-bye, y'all.